Um, so really exciting to be here, um, in part because one of the first times that I ever did a, a talk, sort of semi-publicly, was um, at the Yahoo offices in London. And uh, Jeremy was there, and Andy was there, and a bunch of other people, which was super intimidating. And also, I complimented a man on his pants, which <laughs> got me uh, teased rather badly. Uh, and that's how you learn about the differences between British and American English. Um, so, to my talk. Um, don't feed the trolls. Um, when I worked at Yahoo, there was a mailing list called Devel Frontend. Um, it should have been a fantastic place to share information and get help and answer questions, um, but actually it was so nasty that nobody dared to ask any questions. Um, they were basically afraid. So everyone stayed in their corner, not really sharing, not really knowing what they were doing, but knowing that if they asked a question on Devel Frontend, they would probably get uh, um, really badly embarrassed for even thinking of that question. Um, so I've included my Twitter username up at the top. There's going to be, uh, in the presentation, an example of a test that you can do, a sort of timing attack for your brain. Um, I will tweet it out right after I get off stage so that you can try it if you're interested. Um, so I went to a yoga and meditation retreat in California. And um, I spoke to this Italian researcher who was there, and, and she was in a totally different field. Um, but she told me about a difficulty she was having with a fellow researcher. Um, they were um, part of an academic community out of um, Brussels, and she said that the senior person she was working with was pretty aggressive and uh, forceful, and that they were having a lot of difficulties communicating. Uh, she basically felt that she had to match his level of vitriol in order to keep herself from even being run over. Um, at the point that I met her, it had been going on for about six years, uh, so quite a long time, and she was pretty exhausted. Um, so from this, I kind of uh, gleaned a definition of a troll as people who seek conflict. And there may be other ways to define a troll, but this is what I'm going to be using uh, today. Um, so I noticed that some people are energized by conflict. Um, and if, the, if you aren't one of those people, you'll always lose if you play the game by their rules and by the way that they set it up. Um, what I noticed from that Italian researcher's description is that this guy she was interacting with pretty clearly thrived on conflict. Um, the more she fought back, the more energized he became, the more he enjoyed that, that kind of interaction. Uh, but the inverse was true for her. Um, she thrived on connectedness and collaboration. Um, so the more they fought, the more drained and depleted she became. Um, so obviously that way of interacting was working for him and not working for her. So I'd ask you, who are you? You know, what do you need in your interactions, especially your interactions on the web? Uh, do you prefer a collaborative or combative environment? Um, figure out what kind of person you are, because if you like conflict, go for it, right? That's, that's gonna work for you. Um, but if you aren't, then you're gonna end up uh, sort of low energy and depleted if you uh, work in an environment that, that requires that level of conflict. Um, so I would say decide what tone you wanna have and carry it through uh, your interactions. I'd like to propose that trolls feed on attention, um, and you get more of whatever you give your attention to. Um, so the important thing to keep in mind with that is basically if you only respond to asshats, your life will soon be full of asshats. Um, very important uh, little thing to remember. 
Um, so often the softer, gentler, more considered opinions tend to get lost in the fray. Um, I noticed that on Twitter, I was paying so much attention to the people who were saying crappy things and so little attention to the people who were um, taking their time and, and trying in 140 characters to be thoughtful and considered. Um, and so I had to intentionally redirect my attention to those softer opinions to get them the recognition they deserve um, and to realize that the best ideas are often not the loudest. I also needed to remember that sometimes a troll is not 100% trollish. So here's my highly scientific diagram. <laughs> um, so even within one single human, it can have a troll bit and it can have a human bit, right? So here we have 13% human and 87% troll. Um, it's important to try to turn our attention toward the human bit of any, of any one person. Um, so this is not an actual um, email I've gotten, but it's pretty close to some actual emails I've gotten. So uh, this is stupid. You have no idea what you're talking about. The padding on the first example should be a margin to avoid an IE7 bug. Nice, right? Um, so if we look at this and we try and figure out uh, which are the trolley bits, the crossed out bits on the top, pretty obviously the trolley bits, and the human bits are below. Um, so there are a few potential responses to this, right? I mean, sometimes I'm super tempted to go with that top one. Uh, F you, who are you calling stupid? You can't even spell. So tempting. Usually I have to take a, I have to take a little pause when I get an email like that because the truth is um, I found that if you respond, if you try to sound like you're cool and you're not cool, it'll just come off as weird. Um, so I try to wait until I actually feel a little bit of equanimity around the email that I got. And when I actually feel that way, then I let myself respond because it comes off as a lot more genuine and not like I'm trying to be, I don't know, sort of uh, overly cool. So the second one is another option, right? Um, you don't have to be rude. I'll fix the IE7 bug in the next patch. Okay, it's a little bit better, right? It goes trolley bits and then it talks to the human bit. It's doing kind of both. Um, but it can still actually um, cause that troll bit to get fed, right? We are still giving energy to that troll, the trolley side of this person. Um, and then there's number three, which is thanks for the bug report. I'll fix the IE7 bug in the next patch. I like this one, and this come to be something that really works for me. And the reason is because I'm refusing to feed the troll. It basically says the same thing that the first one does, but without me needing to say it directly. I can just say, thanks for the bug report. I'm glad that you did that part, even if the rest of our interaction wasn't necessarily what I wanted it to be. Um, so there are a few things that I do as well that, that have worked for me, because I can be shy. Like it's, it's, uh, people don't expect that when someone speaks publicly, but um, it was really hard for me when I first started getting Twitter followers that I didn't actually know and hadn't, uh, hadn't met in real life. I basically didn't tweet for a couple months because I was like, oh my God, they don't want to hear about my breakfast cereal. Um, and so, yeah, being shy and being on the web has been something difficult to figure out, like how to navigate that and how to be a happy person and also have that be true. Um, so one of the things I found was that I don't have to publish every single blog comment that comes up. Um, I felt that it was more important for me to be responsible for the tone on my blog and to create an environment where people felt like they could have a conversation and the nasty um, emails were not gonna, or nasty comments weren't gonna get published. I've recently read some research that talks about how um, uh, if you have really nasty comments, it actually polarizes discussions and you get a lot less interesting discussions. So I felt vindicated in my, in my uh, unbacked up choice to not publish those kinds of comments. The other is to tweet or not to tweet. You know, I get people who say the craziest stuff to me. I had, uh, 
I had one guy say something along the line. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember. I, um, I tweeted that I have the sense of humor of a 13-year-old boy because basically I'll be like, hee, 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 you know, something stupid. And, and uh, some guy responded to me, uh, you're lucky you have any sense of humor at all. Most women are misery to the core. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know what, like, I could have sent my Twitter followers after him, right? I could have, like, I could have retweeted to him, like, you sexist asshole, blah, blah, blah. But I decided I didn't want to, right? Because he's a guy with, like, 100 followers. Like, nobody cares what he says whatsoever unless I respond to him and I actually give him all of that attention. Um, and the other thing is I thought, like, how sad. I mean, what is his mother like? Or, you know, <laughs> what is his life like that, that that's how he feels about the world? Um, so I think sometimes the best thing for a troll is just to be ignored. And they don't go away right away, but they do eventually, uh, in my experience so far, go away. Um, the other thing is mailing lists. So I'm responsible for the OOCSS um, Google group mailing list. And I'm super impressed with them. Over the course of, I think, five years or so since I started it, we've had only one really trolly, like, people shooting nasty emails back and forth. Um, part of the reason for that is because I often have something in reserve that I can release that I've been working on and just will require a little bit more tweaks to get it to be releasable. And so if people start going off, like in the one uh, example they were fighting about grammar, um, I will release something interesting and, and then I'll post something to the thread saying, I just released blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Should I do this or that with this part of it? And it completely derails the trolling and, and people go back to having a conversation that's something that I'm more interested in being a part of. Um, yeah, hacker news. Terrible. Don't pay attention to them. They <laughs> Every time I get linked from Hacker News, I'm like, this is just awful. I get all these people who are like, I've never written a line of CSS, but I'm pretty sure you're full of shit. And I'm like, thanks, that's great. Um, so I find that different communities have different levels of, of trolling, and I, I kind of loved this one. So I wish CSS had inline comments, and Jeff Croft responded, uh, attack of the sassholes in five, four, three, two, one. Um, so different communities have different levels of trolling, so it's up to you to figure out in the communities you're a part of, like, how do you want it to be? How do you want people to interact? And, and what are the ways that you can make that happen? Um, something that's worked for me and helps me a lot is recognizing trolls based on their types or their patterns. That way, when I get the same kind of troll again, I'm like, oh, you again. And I don't have to go through the same emotional response that I did the first time. Uh, it's just not as upsetting. And I don't know if that's true for everybody, but um, at least for me it is. Um, so one of them is the jealous troll. You know, I did everything you did only five years ago and better. Um, so this guy I tend to respond to by saying, oh my God, that's fantastic, right? If good developers faced with the same problems are coming up with the same answers, perhaps we're actually on the right track. Because um, all they really want is to be acknowledged, right? They're just feeling like, huh, I did that, but I didn't get you know, up on a stage for that, or I didn't get noticed for that. And, and that's like a really human feeling, right? We can all kind of understand where that can come from. Um, the next troll type is super fun. The grammar Nazi. So, so these are actual examples, uh, these ones, that I, of trolls that I've had. So uh, go back to school and learn to spell, and then maybe someone will take your ideas seriously. This was from my first ever presentation that I published online, so I was like, oh my god, I'm never publishing anything again. But now when I get a grammar Nazi, I'm like, oh, you again, hi, I know you. This is just how you work. You really, really care about grammar, and that's okay. 
Um, the next one is bias troll. Um, so this could be sexist or racist. Um, the thing with a bias troll is that they have a blind spot, right? Um, usually they can't even see that they aren't treating people fairly or they're failing to be compassionate about somebody else's experience. Um, a bias troll is going to have a really hard time interacting with other people, mainly because they're unaware of what's going on with themselves. Um, and then the final one is scary troll. So this kind of troll is a really bad one, and, I, and I'm not always sure how to deal with this. Um, this is, again, an actual um, comment on my blog that I got. Uh, how long are you going to lead the web astray before you just disappear? And that, along with you know, you, comments that let you know that they know where you live and things like that, can be a little bit hard to take, right? It's, it's definitely scary. Um, for that kind, I think it's super important to get support. Um, ideally, if possible, without feeding the troll, you know, without letting them know that you're getting that support, because I think that can actually fuel them to continue. Um, so I get to know others in the community, talk to them about what's going on, let them know about trolling or bullying, and find ways of actually isolating the troll without actually um, feeding into that behavior. Um, and often that can happen after you've tried ignoring and, or confronting and seeing if that works. Um, Tontag did an amazing taxonomy of trolls. So I've just given you a little taste here. Um, and this is, this is super useful for getting to, um, getting to all the different troll types. Because once you see that they're just a type and this kind of person is, you know, other people hear from them in the community, um, that, that can be kind of important. Though I did, it was surprising to me to discover, I just assumed all speakers had lots of trolls. And then I talked to some of the male speakers about it and they're like, what? No, I've been doing this 10 years and I've never had someone say I should disappear. Um, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. This is obviously something that we need to deal with as a community. Um, so when I gave this, I've given this presentation one time before, and when I did, someone said, you know, you're, what you're saying kind of makes sense, but you're also being a little bit conflict averse. And sometimes it makes sense to jump in there and, and um, be willing to have that conflict. And at first I was like, hey, wait, I don't like that. But then I realized they actually kind of had a point. Um, and so I'm definitely not recommending suffering in silence. Um, since I got that feedback on Twitter, I've actually read a couple of books that uh, helped me have confrontations in a way that I felt wasn't feeding the troll. Um, so this book called uh, Nonviolent Communication um, was really great for structuring uh, confrontation in a way that's gonna actually work. I found it a little too sort of um, hippy-dippy in that it's like, you know, really feelings-y. And sometimes in a work context, that can, be, that can be a little weird. It's also a little bit hard to say, you know, like, I feel like I don't matter and it's important to me that you acknowledge me and stuff like that, right? <laughs> um, so this was a good starting point, but then I found another book, Crucial Confrontations, that puts that in a little bit more business acceptable language. Um, and, and I found that that was a little bit more helpful for structuring the, the confrontations in a way that made me feel like I was still not you know, having a therapy session with someone, but having more of a, um, a normal business conversation. Um, but on to internal trolls. Um, internal trolls are a little bit harder to identify um, because most of us have a vested interest in believing that we're not asshats. And, and this is, can make it really, really difficult. Um, but we're all actually trolls sometimes. Um, the thing is, internal trolls are a bit different. They actually feed on inattention. So whereas a, an external troll feeds on attention, our internal trolls feed on us not noticing them, um, on, on us uh, avoiding thinking about the bits of ourselves that are biased or difficult. 
Um, so a few years ago, I wrote an article about my experiences as a woman in tech. Um, ridiculously, I didn't think that that was going to be a thing. Like, I did, it didn't occur to me that that was going to blow up. Um, but it turns out it's a really great way to bring out the trolls. Um, it was also amazing because I met a ton of female developers. Before that, I kind of thought there weren't women in tech, uh, which is ridiculous, but I guess I just hadn't met enough. So um, in that thread, I got tons of them, and I'm like, oh my god, they're out there. Um, it also generated so many comments that moderating just my blog comments became a three or four day full-time job. Um, and someone had linked in the comments to Project Implicit. Um, it's a research project out of Harvard. Um, and since I'm a data geek, I also kind of wanted to see uh, what was going on with my brain. Um, and this is the link that I'll send you guys out later, so don't worry about necessarily writing it down now, but definitely do try it because it's super interesting. Um, it has a creative way of sort of teasing out your biases. Um, it's sort of like a timing attack for your brain. Um, if you're open enough to seeing yourself clearly, uh, it can provide you with a really interesting view of yourself and your internal trolls. Um, so it's a little game in which you basically sort pictures and words into different bins. So, uh, for example, here you might have uh, black faces and white faces. Um, and the first, test, the first test that I did was actually to see if I was racially biased. Um, so first you sort white people and black people into different bins. And then you, support, uh, you sort um, positive words and negative words into bins. And um, then finally you combine the bins. Um, so you'll be sorting... Um, black faces and positive words in the left, and negative words and, and white faces in the right, and then it all gets inverted. Meanwhile, the whole time they're actually doing, uh, taking subtly different uh, timing measurements for how long it took you to do the sorts. Um, so if something causes cognitive dissonance, you're going to have a harder time sorting those two things together than you would otherwise. Um, so it's really kind of neat, right? Because you, you get a view into your brain on a really sort of micro level without, um, without having to sort of wonder and philosophize about who you are as a person, but in a really um, data-driven way. Um, what I found out is I'm not racist, which was <laughs> very nice, yeah. Uh, but uh, on the embarrassing side, I'm sexist, as it turns out. Um, I did the test, and it's really hard to admit, right? But I found it easier and faster to sort women in home-related words and men and work-related words. Um, when I saw that, I was like, hell no, that, that can't be true, right? Um, but then I sort of started thinking about it and letting the idea kind of wash over me. And I began to notice that I spent uh, less time replying to emails from women. Um, I subtly expected them to be less technical, less interesting, and sort of less worthy of my limited free time. And it's awful to admit, um, but the truth is, the more, with that result in mind, the more I looked at my own behavior, the more I saw, yeah, like on a really subtle level, I was sexist. Um, super, super hard to hear. Um, I believe that change is made simply by non-judgmentally non noticing what's true and how that's different from what you would like to be true. Um, so I started noticing all the ways that I was biased against women in tech, and in doing so, I moved back to center. Um, now, I didn't try to overcorrect. You know, I didn't try to like spend extra time replying to women. I just tried to notice if I wasn't and be forgiving with myself, but forgiving with myself about my behavior, but, um, but strict with myself about noticing what was going on and, and how I was doing. Um, and to realize that part of being human is to be a troll. We all have those trolly bits. 
And I think it changed as well. Like uh, over time, I feel like that has gotten better. I should redo the test and see. Um, so if you find yourself having um, both troll inclinations and human inclinations like we all do, um, you might want to consider group IQ when you decide how to behave. Um, so a study was done to test the IQ of teams relative to the IQ of the individual members. Um, so certain teams will, uh, will um, achieve above the IQ indicated by the individual members and other teams will underperform the IQ uh, indicated by the individual members. Um, the researchers found that the groups that overperformed their individual IQs uh, did so because of collaboration and diversity. Um, in particular, the number of women in a group is highly correlated to positive group IQ outcomes. Um, so I work to quell my inner troll and my biases and collaborate more effectively because I know that um, as a community, we'll all make better work if we, um, if we can um, work better, more collaboratively collaboratively with other people, um, and in particular, if we can accept a more diverse group that has uh, different ideas than we have in particular. Um, so I think we can absolutely make our community stronger uh, if we learn not to feed the trolls. Thank you.